This is Breakaway, a women's soccer podcast covering industry events, emerging teams, and the latest on league developments. Welcome your co-hosts, Megan and Chase. Hi, listeners. This is your co-host, Megan. And this is Chase. And we are here for episode 22 of Breakaway. Oh, wow, man. We've just been pumping these out. That's crazy. Already episode 22. Remember when people said we weren't going to actually do it? <laughs> yeah, I do. It was a lot. <laughs> In all fairness, we did drag our feet for a few extra weeks slash months, but we still proved them wrong. Here we are already on episode. Wow. Yeah. Episode 22. Season three. Isn't that crazy? Our seasons, whatever we Our like seasons. to call them. Groups of 10 episodes. We try to shift the perspective every 10 episodes, essentially, or shift the focus a little bit, maybe. Yeah. And today, we're going to shift the focus into the NWSL, covering all things fines. Yeah, there's been some uh, interesting things happening over at the San Diego Wave with yours truly, Alex Morgan. A few days ago, Alex Morgan had a breakaway, and she was in the PK box, and she was about to take a shot. And one of the defenders, um, I believe it was Casey Current, right, that they were playing, yep. uh, came in and sly tackled her, made no contact with the ball, and Alex Morgan didn't even receive any type of foul. You know, she, the other player didn't get a red card or anything, no penalty kick. And so Alex Morgan took to social media and voiced her, her frustration, and she got fined by NWSL because she was creating bad publicity for the league. And apparently, if you do that, you get fined. So... It's created a lot of controversy. A lot of players have come to her support, including her coach. But yeah, just really interesting. Yeah, we'll hop right into that after breakaway question of the day and then a little more updates and then we'll get right into it. So Chase, do you have an icebreaker? Mm. What's your favorite brand of sparkling water? (laughs) I really want to be a sparkling water gal, but I'm not. I am a big spindrift gal. That's not even that big. That's a lie. I'm a little bit of a spindrift gal, and that's the only one that I find tolerable. Tolerable? Oh, I think they're so good. I love them. I've tried so many. Which one's your favorite? Right now, it's Trader Joe's branded sparkling water. They, oh. they are currently selling a green apple flavored one. It, it actually slaps. It was so good. That does sound really good. Yeah, I'm not a sparkling water gal. I like a good lemon water still, a still water. So like when you go to restaurants and you get a water, do you just you just ask for like a slice of lemon in it? Yeah, you go, I want a water with a lemon. No. Well, there you go, folks. I didn't know you could do that. You didn't know that? No. The water is free, so I just figure whatever they give me, I'm going to drink. The caption of our post this week, did you know you can order a water with a lemon in it? Well, I do now. <laughs> you could probably say water with a lime if you really wanted to. Oh wow, man, we can really spice it up then. I'll have to, I'll have to try this out this weekend. This Friday, Someone actually gives me one and see who just tells me to accept my regular tap water. I have never been told that I cannot have a lemon, but that's okay. beside the point. I believe you. Anyways, okay, so before we dive into this Alex Morgan fiasco fine situation. I feel like we need to talk about what happened with the U.S. Women's National Team in the past week. So we had our September camp and two wins against South Africa. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but also it was our last games with Julie Ertz and Megan Rapino. I think I have a lot of emotions that I can get into, but let's hear from you first, Jason. Kind of what were your feelings going through it? It was it was heavy. I mean, like when I first got into watching women's soccer back in 2015 during that World Cup, you know, Megan Rapino is one of the star players and was one of the the first players that I really got to invest my attention into. And so it feels weird that a player who I've been watching play for the last eight years is retiring, um, especially a player who is so integral into the success of the U.S. Women's National Team, not just with their overall success of the World Cups, but with the advancements that they've made with equal pay amongst their male counterparts. She really was a strong factor of the team's identity, and it's going to be really tough shoes to fill. She's had a fantastic career, and I know that She's definitely not going to leave the space. I feel like she might even be more public than than beforehand, but still just feels weird. It doesn't quite feel real yet that she's no longer going to be on the team. Yeah, and then with Julie Ertz as well, I love her. She's fantastic, one of my favorite players. It was awesome watching her play in the World Cup, also equally as sad. But I know that they aren't going anywhere, and they're going to bring a lot more really cool things to women's soccer. So I'm excited to see where they go from here because I know they're not done. Yeah, I think seeing Julie come back after having a child and and playing at the level that she played at um, was really inspiring and really needed within our team. And that's going to be a huge miss for me. And I think just the grit that Julie brings, it's kind of unmatched. And I think, you know, that you can't just curate that. It's kind of like how they talk in, you know, the corporate world or in is a school about like soft skills, like you can't teach someone to have grit the way that Julie Ertz does slash did. I think that's, yeah, it was really sad um, watching all the videos. And I mean, Julie just can't keep it together. So she was crying so hard and all of that good jazz. And of course, Megan Pino will be greatly missed in terms of just her leadership. And yeah, I I think when I look at it, I can see Pino makes sense. Um, we've discussed how she performed at the World Cup level and even just like watching her in her last game, I was like, oh, she's not running for that one. Like she just doesn't have it in her anymore because she is really old and she's had uh, not really. That makes sounded so bad. <laughs> yeah. How old is she, Megan? 38, 39. Um, that is pretty old, especially for, uh, yeah. for soccer. For soccer, she's getting up there. Um, And so you can you can definitely tell where Juilliard's was a little felt a little premature to me but I understand like priorities in her life right now and and where she wants to dedicate her time and things like that um and I remember in one of her press conferences it it was like she said a comment about it's not that mama can't do it mama can do it she's just like choosing not to and I I found that kind of powerful and then with Megan I think it's really cool well with both of them but primarily Megan to see the career that Pino had and be able to step away on her own terms and and be able to have these celebrations and have all of these things where she was very upfront that that doesn't happen with everyone. So that's a really good point. Yeah. Really cool to see that. And like you said, she's not going anywhere. Julie, probably not as much either. But I think we'll see more of Megan um, knowing just her background and, and what what we've seen her do already. And really excited to see her finish out her season at OL Reign. I think Julie's done. I don't think she's playing anymore, but Megan will be finishing the NWSL season. Yep. Yep. You're right. I think the the last game that we saw of Julie Arts was her very last one. So they'll both be very missed. Yes. Very sad. Well, 
We'll dive into this NWSL Alex Morgan San Diego Wave drama. So like Chase said earlier, Alex Morgan did get a play on her because they didn't call it a foul um, by Casey Current in a game a few weeks ago. Morgan took to social media alongside the video of the tackle saying, in what world is this not a penalty and red card or even a foul? Completely reckless and the leg going in for the tackle doesn't even get a ball when I cut her. Just glad I saw her coming and didn't plant on that leg or I'd 100% not be walking today. So she posted that with the video of the tackle, which you guys should all go and watch just so you can understand kind of what me and Chase are talking about. Um, But Chase, if you want to try to explain what the tackle looked like, I don't know the terms, so you might need to more than me. (laughs) Yeah, so Alex Morgan, she was advancing up the field with the ball on the left side. She was in the PK box, and she was uh, getting a little close to the left post, so I think what she was trying to do was she was going to cut back, try to be more centered in front of the goal, and then take a shot. But before she could do that, one of the defenders on the Kansas City current team came and slide tackled her right from behind. So came in with her her cleats right going right into Alex Morgan's ankles, which is a very, very, very dangerous play. If you ever see the bottom of your cleats going into someone, that's almost always a direct foul. And if you they have multiple angles of this foul and you can see that she clearly did hit her ankles and didn't get I don't think she got any contact with the ball. And I'm surprised that Alex Morgan didn't get injured because it just took her immediately out and she came in with a lot of force and it completely took Alex Morgan off of her feet. So it looked very, very dirty. And I agree with Alex Morgan. I am incredibly surprised that this didn't even get a foul. It definitely should have gotten a red card and a PK. Like it was such a, it was so dangerous. You saw a lot of players come to her support online. Sophia Smith, um, the coach of San Diego Wave came to her support as well. Did, did Sophia Smith receive a fine as well? I think she did. I don't think so. Okay. So maybe not with her, but um, her coach definitely did. Um, And something that was kind of interesting that I learned is that her coach has actually received multiple fines in the past for bringing up similar situations where there's been reckless play and no consequences Um, because safety should always be the number one priority of these players. And as we've seen in the last year, there have been a lot of injuries, especially in the games leading up to the World Cup. We saw so many star players who weren't able to compete this year because of ACL injuries, because of ankle injuries. And so seeing dangerous plays like this get no consequences or, you know, it's kind of shocking to see, especially at this level, um, with how valuable these players are. You would think that these leagues would be prioritizing their safety. So, Yeah, and I did just check. So all NWSL stadiums now have VAR technology up to FIFA standards, and this was... Only from March 30th, 2023, though. I think that means, like, yeah, up to FIFA standards. So maybe they had some sort of it before. But it's not like they don't have VAR is what I'm trying to, like, why that is important. Because it's like, when you talk about football or soccer in general, like, VAR was put there to, one, protect the refs in terms of their call making, but also to provide, like, insight when it's a call like this. Like, it's... When you watch when you watch it, it looks really obvious that it is a foul. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I mean, it's kind of surprising. Yeah, no, if they had VAR, but then I was like, 
feel like FIFA kind of requires it. So. Yeah, they definitely do. I mean, like, I don't know. It, it was just shocking to me because kind of like what you brought up before in past episodes, there's been so many ACL injuries. There's been so many injuries in general amongst our female soccer players. I think seeing instances like this bring a lot more attention that this is a pretty serious issue that doesn't seem to be getting addressed all that much. I believe, you know, Alex Morgan saying, it was either Alex Morgan or Sophia Smith saying how NWSL has their priorities completely backwards right now. This kind of proves their point a little bit. You would think that with a foul that's this obvious, NWSL would be a lot more on top of trying to make sure that these refs are, you know, at least being talked to. If not, you know, there's got, I feel like there'd have to be some consequences, especially with refs that are at this level like they, like the, the training that these refs have to go through to be in these types of positions is actually crazy. It's very, very hard to be a ref at this level. And so to miss something this obvious just kind of blows my mind. Um, and I really hope that with the more attention that things like this get, the more attention that NWSL and just other leagues in general are going to bring to holding these types of fouls or lack of calls some more accountability to try to prevent more from happening. I think they're clear. It's very clear where the NWSL is prioritizing if they are going to go so far to find her um, and to go far enough to find the San Diego Wave coach multiple times on different occasions of being challenged instead of, you know, I would hope that they are going beyond the fines and looking internally. Um, one article I did read from the goal did say, start talking about to the NWSL has been criticized in the past for failing to protect the players on the field. And people have questioned lack of training and pay for the officials on the field, putting those players at risk. So I guess my question that was from the goal. Sorry. I feel like I should probably state my sources if I'm going to quote from it. Um, um, but that does make me really start to think like, yeah, like you said, it, it takes a lot to get to that point as an official. But I would hope that it is just as hard to be an official in the NWSL as it is like MLS here in the United States and, and abroad. I would hope it would be the same, too. Like I would I pray that there is like the same training and hopefully similar if not equal pay um, amongst the two leagues to really show the prioritization there because um, if they are cutting corners, like, that's horrible. And well, I mean, if you look back at the um, agreements that the U.S. Women's National Team was fighting for with, with the U.S. Federation for trying to get equal resources, one of the big sections that they were covering was healthcare support because they didn't have proper um, rehab facilities for injuries. That, that was a pretty big thing that they wanted more resources guided towards, so... I wouldn't be overly surprised if there is also a lack of attention and resources being brought to injury prevention and just, well, injury rehabilitation, you know, just all overall player care services. And not to get us like too off of off track, but looking at the Kansas City current getting their own like warm up facility and uh, their their own field, I think that's really cool. But. One thing I was thinking about when you were talking is how I've seen pictures of Leah Williamson on Arsenal's female team, like training and rehabbing with Declan Rice, who is a male player. And I think it's really cool that they can share the same facilities and be able to like be able to train and work out with 
the their male counterparts. I think there's kind of pros and cons to both of like putting them on the same level playing field. Literally, like we're going to have you, you know, go ride your bike, warming up your knee because you had a torn ACL with Declan Rice next to you. Like, how cool <laughs> is that? Um, whereas yeah, that in the United cool. States, we don't we don't have that. I, U.S. soccer is moving is getting their head moving their headquarters to Atlanta. Did you hear about that? Probably maybe next week's episode. And they talked about having like their own like designated space. So hopefully that's going to also bring more resources for the U.S. Women's National Team, but clearly does not solve the NWSL issue. Yeah, I think like another thing that was kind of interesting as well was just the timing of all of this, because this does come on the heels of the World Cup where a lot of attention was brought to the amount of injuries that were brought to these players. I don't know. It just it just doesn't look very good for the NWSL when a lot of attention has been brought to this and then. This is the stance that they're taking. These are the consequences that they're taking over something that clearly should have been addressed better. Well, and I also just think like this happened to like arguably, you know, top three best players in that WSL, if not the best, uh, maybe behind Sophia Smith. And it's like if it's going to happen to her, like I, I just worry about the NWSL's what's the word like how they can, you know, keep holding themselves up to a good standard moving forward. Like reputation. Yeah, and just, like, them as a league in general, if this could be detrimental. In the past, we've had women's leagues fail, and I would hate to see the NWSL fail because they fail to, you know, actually hold up the quality of the game. You know, we've seen some international players, a few come here after the World Cup, but, like, I'm just hoping that, like, I would love to see more of our people, our people, um, American soccer players um, go overseas. I'm I'm concerned because if, if the if the issue is OK, so if if we go down two hypothetical routes, like the issue is training. Well, that that's really horrible to put these officials in there that don't really know what they're talking about at the risk of these players that are playing at a pretty high intensity, um, how hurt they could get. And then if if you're saying that, um, not you, but if we are saying that um, they're not being paid enough as officials, so then therefore their work isn't really great. Again, it would be exactly what Sophia Smith said, where they got their priorities completely mixed up. Yeah. Just quite frightening. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that a lot of this, uh, this media attention that's been brought to this specific play um, starts to turn some wheels over at NWSL and get some things kicked in the right direction. And I'm sure, um, I'm sure they are looking into this. I mean, like they would have to. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the play, it's clearly, it's clearly a foul. And you you see this a lot in with MLS refs when they make bad calls. There is a lot of repercussions that that happen to those refs. They get questioned a ton during interviews. Sometimes they get suspended by the leagues if they make enough bad calls. Like that actually happened pretty recently with a few. But so. that's like that's the frustrating part in America is like the NWSL though and the MLS are so two separate entities that I don't like it's not necessarily a cause and effect, you know? And it, it hasn't been that long since this happened. I think the game was before camp though. So I mean, it's gotta be a little bit, you know, a little bit time away. So it's like you know, we are we just supposed to sit here and just see if they do something? Probably, but they haven't done anything yet. So 
not to be, I feel like you are usually the pessimistic one and I'm being very pessimistic right now. <laughs> but the fact that like the MLS is so separate and we haven't seen that in the NWSL. So like, why would they start now? Hopefully because they did it to arguably the best striker in the NWSL. But I mean, I would hope they would because this could turn dirty really fast. And why are players going to want to come here if they know that they're not being taken care of? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Especially with the league that wants to grow as fast as it does. And that's why I almost feel a little bit more hopeful because there's so much more, there's so much going for the um, NWSL that I feel like with these types of situations, they need to put out these fires as fast as they possibly can and try to get things refocused back onto growing the leagues, creating a safe environment for these players, incentivizing new players to want to go and stay here, especially with the, the competing league that has uh, started over this last year, I believe. That's what's just so interesting, though, is like they had to sit there and think about what they were going to do in response to this. And they decided to find her like yeah. that doesn't just happen automatically. So that's what makes me just like, yeah, you can be hopeful. And I think whenever something gets attention, it's good, usually for the party that's being, you know, at a disadvantage. But yeah, it's scary. It'll be interesting to see how how this is handled going forward from the NWSL. It's going to be, and I feel like it's going to get addressed pretty soon because um, clearly they they greatly upset Alex Morgan and she has the support of her teammates and her coach. Um, and it sounds like this has been a continuing occurrence, at least with their coach, with calling out unfair plays and trying to keep things accountable. I don't think, I think there's going to be more said about this for sure. Yeah, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Well, we can end on a high note. Okay. Um, Mia Fischel had her first cap with the U.S. Women's National Team Yeah, on August 24th. And I think talking about people maybe potentially leaving the NWSL, hopefully, because I think we need more people playing in Europe. Mia Fischel graduated from UCLA, I think last year or 2022, and is now playing for Chelsea over in England. Um, so I'm super excited and super optimistic and pumped about the future of Mia Fischel on our team and hoping that she brings a spark up front because we are losing some people up there. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you mentioned a few episodes ago how one of the things that you think that the uh, U.S. soccer players need to do is gain a lot more experience in European leagues, and now we're starting to see that a little bit. So very exciting. That was a good prediction, or at least a, a good point to bring up. <laughs> Yeah, and she'll be playing with Katarina Macario, which I think will be a huge asset to our team, hopefully for the Olympics next year. So, yeah, um, I know. I keep forgetting that the Olympics is next year. I'm so excited. I know. We're going to have to keep talking about it because I was listening to yesterday, the announcers were saying, I think you can have 23 people on the roster for World Cup, and you can only have 18 for the Olympics. Well, I wonder who's going to get the cut. Well, and you had so many people injured, too. So if, like, now Swanson's back, she's probably going. Katarina Macario's probably going. Right. I mean, you know it's not going to be the exact same line. I mean, minus the fact that there's people who are retiring. You know it's not going to be the exact same lineup because they did not do well. So they have to make changes. And it's going to be a new coach. So Yes. And we'll have Tierna Davidson in the back line again. Becky Sarbrun, hopefully, maybe for one last hurrah. Who knows? Exciting things to come. Very exciting things. And we'll be here to cover it all as we do. 
yes, we got the NWSL championships right around the corner. We got the Golden Boot race going. We have a lot happening. So many things. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We'll be back next week with some more great content, and we'll we'll miss you until that time. Um, we know you'll miss us, obviously, but we shall see you then. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in. If you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate us and leave us a review. Your feedback helps us improve and reach more listeners like you. Also, don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Breakaway Podcast for updates on our latest episodes and behind the scenes content. We appreciate your support and hope you'll join us for our next episode.